welcome back to the Den Mothers podcast and happy May Wolfpack. <laughs> Today, <laughs> Today <laughs> some say love, it is the river. <laughs> I don't think we've ever talked about how much love we have for Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Oh, well, we should because that is our whole humor is based <laughs> yeah. from Napoleon Dynamite. A mixture of Napoleon Dynamite, Bridesmaids, and... Benchwarmers, sort of. Member? <laughs> I feel a little embarrassed about that last one. Yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> Today is episode 50. Yeah. And we that is... Just really exciting. I feel like we made it. <laughs> Today is our 50th and final episode. <laughs> Today, the Dead Mothers is over. We'll no longer be hearing from us. <laughs> Just kidding. We're in our prime. Just kidding. We're going to keep going forever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was going back through and labeling our episodes this week and just looking back at how many different things we've talked about. I started listening to the, I think it was the second episode, Breathe, Dance, Masturbate, mm-hmm. a guide to, what was that? A, well, a guide yeah. to something. I don't know. Episode number two. Yeah. And the way that we used to talk about ourselves is just so different. I could almost not even listen to it. It was so cringy. I can't listen. I don't. I don't listen. You don't listen. To the so, early episodes. Yeah. So today we thought it would be fun to recap the Den Mothers, which also used to be the Sex Den, kind of talk about where we came from, talk about how our views have changed on certain things. This is just a reintroduction to your den mothers. It's a reintroduction. Allow us to reintroduce ourselves. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to remind you that our beloved sponsor is Amber Bath Bathing Essentials. These products are not only created by our mother, but we have been using them essentially our whole entire life, and it's the only thing we'll put on our body. (laughs) Yes. From the soap, from the delicious creamy body butter, the hand salve, which if you're watching the video, I'm holding it up right now. I have one on my desk, in my purse, by my bed, in my bathroom. This is the best product for ingredients for your hands, lips, heels, elbows, any dry area of the skin. So if you're wanting the most delicious, all-natural, women-run, family-run products, go to amberbath.com and use code WOLFPACK at checkout for 20% off your order and a free little gift from your dead mothers. One of our big visions for this podcast was really to just share our love and our connection with the world And in order to do that, I feel like you need to know us. And if you haven't, if this is your first episode you've listened to, or if you've been listening the whole time, you've obviously seen us evolve and change over time. But I think it's fun to talk about like, what was going on then? What's going on now? Because whoa, whoa, it's it's so different. Yes, it's so different. It is it's so, so different. different. And then there are parts of us that just remain the same. You know, it's 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 like I even feel like your and my relationship has evolved, which has been really good. Much. You know, so I'm excited to just dive in and talk because I feel like there are always lessons and teachings just in hearing other people's stories. So and you get you know, it's a little behind the scenes of what's been happening. Behind the Den Mothers, formerly the right. Sex. Fifty episodes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like so many. And then For I was looking. Me, it sounds like a lot. 
Yeah, and then because I guess fifty of anything sounds like a lot, but it's weird how when you just keep showing up and doing stuff, it just things add up. Yeah, yeah, it adds up. I remember recording our first episode ever, which was in July, right before Lauren had come to move to Tulum. You were twenty eight years old. Yes, I was twenty eight. You were twenty eight. We were sitting in my living room in Pacific Beach, San Diego. Yeah, we recorded it from your floor because we had been doing the lives on Instagram, remember? Yeah. We started and doing Instagram lives just randomly together on your page when you were like really into sex. Yeah. Coaching and love. Yeah. Yes, mainly sex. I was talking about blowjobs and sex toys. Yeah, you were. And we decided that I was going to do one of the lives with you. And then it just transitioned into the podcast. Remember how during that time – well, first of all, should we do our weekly updates first? (gasps) Wow. I cannot just go right – okay, this is something about me, Lauren. That's who's (laughs) talking right now. (laughs) I do not like to record a topic until we've done our weekly updates because I feel like the wheels haven't been greased. Like I can't just go right into a topic. I need to know how your week was and I need to say how mine was. Okay. Yep. I know. I can't even believe I forgot the weekly update. It felt off. Right. I mean, how could you just jump into on our first episode XYZ if you haven't said this week XYZ? All right. Okay. Camille? Let's get it off. Start it off with weekly updates. Tell me about your week, Lewis. I've had a great week. I feel – Lauren and I were talking right before this, and she said, I can't feel present right now for some reason, which I'm sure you'll talk about. And I said, me too. Oh, my God. The bird is back. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Why sorry. the bird? There's the most magnificent bird on – it's looking right at me. This one's fatter. You want to give him a name or don't want to get too attached? Don't want to get too attached. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where was I? Well, you're having your post-Holbosch week. Yeah, my post-Holbosch week was a little bit scrambled. I was really exhausted. I've been having period symptoms for a week but haven't gotten my period. And no, I have not even done sex unless a blowjob gets you <laughs> pregnant these days. <laughs> no, a blowjob. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Why is it called a blowjob when it should be called a suck job? Why is a blowjob so funny to say? <laughs> blowjobs are my favorite thing on earth. Oh my God. They're pretty cool. So... I am not pregnant. I just, I'm like, I feel so exhausted, like period symptoms for a week. So I've been really tired this week. I've been sleeping a lot. I did go into a couple little manic working phases, which was nice. Okay. I got certified as a cold water practitioner so I can facilitate. I mean, I've always been able to facilitate cold water stuff. I didn't even tell Lauren this. I just did a couple, couple hour certification. And so that now I know the details. I've been studying it a lot, studying the benefits. I'm so excited to expand into Costa Rica. I feel like right now is an interesting transition. I have a great group of girlfriends here. And all of us know that our time together is coming to a close. So a lot of people are leaving this upcoming two weeks. And so we're all trying to like do all the activities together. Everybody's busy but wanting to do all the stuff we haven't done yet. And it's kind of just that really fun high is sort of just, you know, slowly tapering off. And it's like, oh, it's kind of sad. That's really sad. It's really sad. But I was really present for the past couple months. So it feels good. I remember telling myself, you're in the good times enjoy it like you're in the good times. Yeah. And I did. And I did. And I've stuck to my – it's not like I'm not doing my practices. I'm doing meditation, breath work still every single day. It's just I'm feeling a little scrambled this week. Man. What's going on with you this week? Same thing? 
Well, I've been feeling scrambled, but basically angry. Rage. Let me explain. So when I was in Washington for two months, I didn't deal with or talk to a single person, really, other than Shane and myself. So I just went pretty deep. I barely had service. So it kind of was like I wasn't even FaceTiming people. I wasn't talking to anyone. If we I went, didn't even to- see your face. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't have to yeah. say that. Not even – I, when I saw your face, it was blurry. And it was at the library, remember? Mm-hmm. So it's just like – I, I wasn't really dealing with anyone. And then when we left Washington, it basically has been almost a month of pretty scrambled, like I've maybe slept in the same bed two nights in a row for the last month. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's been just like one place after another. And then when we got the van, I had so much excitement about it. And then honestly, it's just so many little things have gone wrong or not wrong, but they just were never right because the van was sitting for so long that it's like, okay, the batteries are out. The alternator's out. The backup camera's not working. The, you know, like these little things because wires got corroded and blah, 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 blah. So it just feels like I'm having to all of a sudden deal with so many, you guessed it, men. (laughs) Like so many men, mechanics, the guy I was buying it from. It's just a lot of back and forth, and a lot of me having to kind of beg and finagle and like get people to do things that I need them to do in a quick way, Mm. you know. And so, all of a sudden, yesterday, I just basically started crying, and I'm like, I hate talking to people, like, I don't want to have to ask anybody for anything. I just basically want to live on my own farm. But I will say this. Last time when I did van life, I had this narrative of like having no idea what the van consisted of as far as the – because if you're not familiar with vans, the build on the inside and the electricity, the battery, the water, like the solar power, that stuff is the – thing that makes a van expensive because you you need to like know about that before I didn't know anything about it but because these little things are going wrong I now know about it like I can explain solar and how it goes into the batteries and it's interesting so I'm learning but there's just been this steep learning curve and overall I've been feeling waves of so frustrated and then so grateful and happy to be alive. And (laughs) what can you do? I mean, that's just where I'm at. Yeah. I think that that's important. (laughs) Actually, I want to tell this story real quick. So he came home from his little adventure, his, his like spirit quest in the desert. And we decided that we would meet in San Diego. So I got the van done. Like I put all the cabinets up, filled it with water, like Got it done. Got a new battery. Did the whole thing. Got our bedding out of storage. And we drive down to San Diego to have our first night. We park in a quiet area, which when I did van life before, this was always my least favorite part is like the city camping because you feel like you're literally, (laughs) it's a weird feeling. It's like. You're like, I'm sleeping on the street. I'm sleeping on the street in a really expensive van. Like it's such a weird feeling because you're like, I had to have some dollars to get this van and to make it pretty. But no matter what, you're still sleeping in a car. You're sleeping in a tin box or whatever, metal box on wheels. Yeah. Like outside of people's houses. (laughs) It's just funny. There's something, I'm sorry, but if you know, if you've ever like taken a nap in your car or something, there's something that just feels (laughs) uncomfortable Right. It's like, is somebody going to come tell me to fuck off? Like, are they mad that I'm yeah sleeping outside of their multi-million dollar home you know it's like just a weird yeah feeling. but we got over it we persevered and mm-hmm. part had the Prius parked and then the van anyway we moved the van one time and it's like 10 30 at night and we're finally dozing off to bed and then in this really quiet neighborhood all of a sudden a car pulls up behind us with their headlights blaring we have blackout, you know, magnet things on the back. So we couldn't see them. But Shane was peeking at the people 
And so he's speaking and he's like, okay, they're kissing. I don't know if they're going to do more. No, they're not. They're getting out of the car. Okay. So he's narrating what's going on to me. And so they get out of the car. We hear them talking. They lock it. Then they forget something. So they come back to the car, unlock it, relock it. And it's right behind us. And we're feeling so seen, you know, like here we are in our house (laughs) and they're in their car behind us. Okay. So anyway, they leave their car and we're like, we wonder where they're going. All of a sudden we hear explosives going off and we, (laughs) I'm not joking. I'm not saying like, well, you'll see why I thought we were getting, I thought we were in war. Like somebody was shooting at our car. It was the loudest thing I've ever heard. And so Shane runs up to the front. We're like, oh my God, Molly's having an absolute panic attack. Oh my God. We're running up to the front. We're in the quietest neighborhood. We're in La Jolla, California. Like this does not, it's so quiet. So quiet. Shane looks out and there are people lighting off, not little like firecrackers, but huge fireworks, like the big ones that go pop up in the sky right next to our car. And so this this happens for about 30 seconds. And I'm like, it's over. They're doing this so that we leave. You know, they think they know that we're living. Oh, my God. Yeah. And all of a sudden, 30 seconds goes by, the fireworks are done, and the two little shits who had parked behind us ran back into their car and sped away, like Maru Andretti. It was them. They got out of the car and, like, for no reason, just shot off fireworks like banshees and then got back in their car and ran away. Like, what are the odds that that happens your first night? In van life again. That is so funny. That is something I would have done at that age. It was so funny. Well, the thing was, they probably didn't even know you were in the van. Right. There's no way. There's no way they knew you were in there. So they were just doing it to be little mischievous shits in this quiet neighborhood. Yes. And they probably got such an adrenaline rush, like kissing a couple times before they did it. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. And then, you know, Shane and I shit our pants. And it was it was the loudest thing I've ever heard. I can't imagine being next to gunfire or something. Like, my ears were ringing. Yeah. That is just so funny to me. Yeah, it was hilarious. So after that, we're like, (laughs) And of course, Molly's freaking out. You guys are just like, oh, my God. What time was it at? I mean, it was at 1030 or 11. Okay. So it wasn't right in the middle of the night, but it was was late enough. Or 11. It was it was later than 1030, actually. That is and hilarious. Then the, thing, then the thing is, is that I, I, I was laughing thinking that the neighbors were going to come out and they were going to just see our van parked there. We were the only other car. So I'm like, they're probably going to think it was us. They come out and they're just knocking on your, knocking on your window. Like, right. we know that was you. Oh my God. Always just something funny about van life. I remember you, when you had your van four years ago, just telling me little stories that were so scary. Like when you released your water from your sink onto the lawn and then the guy thought you were like peeing in his yard or something. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was doing dishes. And at the time I didn't have a gray water tank. And so one of my you know, the hose from the sink just went out from a hole and I would just use biodegradable soap and like quickly do my dishes, you know, I was parked at the beach and this guy's like, I I can't remember what happened, but he probably did think I was peeing. Yeah. He was like, you can't put your pee on the, you know, you just get a pee outside. And you were like, it's not (laughs) urine. (laughs) (laughs) It's just embarrassing. You just, after that happens, you're all shaken up. Yeah, you kind of just have to, like, I feel like for van life to work, you kind of need to be not in a city at all. Yeah, and you also just need to be have, like, an I don't give a shit personality. And because, I mean, life is so weird. I would have never expected to be back in a van, let alone my same van. So it's just a funny, it's just funny. It is funny. 
Anyway, so that's been my week is really just dealing with van life stuff. I saw my dear friend Ashley. Her boyfriend was also out of town and we had so much fun. Or her fiance. We're both fiancés. Okay. Fiance. We're fiancés. So her fiance was out of town too. And we just had such a fun girls' night. She took me to a steak dinner, which I never thought I would ate a steak. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's start there. Two years ago, July 20. Sorry, we're hopping in now to reviewing. Okay, let's feel like I feel like that's a funny part to review. Yes. A couple years ago, we were both vegan. We were so vegan. I was so vegan. You were so vegan. I think that I had just started eating fish again. Okay. Yeah. yeah. On my on my 26th birthday, I ate fish for the first time. So I was eating a little bit of fish by the time we recorded our first episode, which was in July of 2021. Wow. But Lauren was so, so vegan. Now neither of us are vegan. Yeah, I'm – I – slowly transitioned from being vegan and now I'm full-blown eating steak like I'm eating actual steak that's crazy it's crazy I'm feeling less guilty about it for about the last year I've just had guilt every time I'm eating because I'm like what am I supposed to do this is so sad but also it's like my body is feeling better I'm my my actual body feels the best I ever have. And it's not like I'm working out like crazy. I just feel like the food I'm eating is actually like I'm getting so much nutrients. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Yeah. I wasn't the healthiest vegan looking back on it. I mean, I was healthy. You, You would consider me a healthy eater if you saw me eat. But it was the amount of processed food that I was eating that was so bad. Me too. Like, I, literally just so many ingredients that I have no idea what they mean in every single thing. Because I wasn't – I'm not a beans person. I'm not a um, nuts person. So getting protein for me was really hard. I, I was protein deficient for like four years for sure. Even people who are not vegan are, are – protein everybody deficient. is protein deficient. Right. We are not eating enough protein. Right. From – I don't know how to even talk about this really. No, I just I don't even need to because when I was vegan I would be like, look at me, I I have muscle, I'm getting enough protein, except for I was hungry all the time for carbs because That's I wasn't eating enough protein. Yeah. I, I couldn't because then I was eating soy gluten protein like, you know, seitan and all of these proteins. So soy, seitan, nuts, legumes, and everything was absolutely killing me. Now I feel like I'm celiac. (laughs) I need to get Mm -hmm. tested. But it would make sense because I was eating so much seitan and those like gluten-based proteins, the wheat protein. Yeah. I couldn't figure out why I was bloated out to here. I looked like I was six months pregnant. You were so gassy. Yeah. And so my my digestive issues, sadly, are not completely eradicated, but I have more energy. Getting much better. Yeah, I have so much more energy, too. And I'm not as hungry. Jeez. Okay, when, so that was our little diatribe. That was well, our diatribe. When we started recording, I was still in engineering. You were still in engineering, and you had Wait, just gotten married. Is that right? Yeah, you quit engineering in like October or something, I feel like. No, no, no. I quit in April. April 15, 2021 was my last. So I had just left engineering. Is that right? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's been two years. Yeah, because we talked about it. We talked about – Oh, my God. You know what? I'm confused because when we were doing the lives, I was still in engineering and I was getting all nervous because we were talking about sex all the time. Oh, yeah. psychedelics and doing drugs and stuff. And I was just like, oh, no. I feel like I'm going to get fired. Right. Yeah. And we had to be so careful. Yeah. So I had just – Yes, I hated my job. Yeah. And so we were like – Maybe you shouldn't be putting these out because it was – you were still having your job. Yeah, I still had my job. 
It's so funny. So I did quit. Yeah, two years ago. So we released our first episode when I had just quit engineering. And man, never looked back. Wow. (laughs) You know what? Sometimes I get a sad little pride, though, pride part of me that it was cool as – I'm going to beef myself up a little or, you know, what is it called? As a hot woman, to also say you're an engineer, it felt really good. (laughs) Well, I think that's fine. It did, yeah. Like to say I am also an engineer, people were like, whoa, that's really cool. Not to say I'm not proud of what I'm doing now, but people are just more confused about what I'm doing. (laughs) I know. Everybody's been confused about what I'm doing since I stopped being a professor. Yeah, but honestly, I don't care. I get so nervous to say what I do because I come into a room and it's already like the Lauren show by accident. You know, I just can't really help it. Well, it's just my look. It's people are like, okay, she had a, you know, interesting hair, the jewelry. It's like, it's an experience. And then they're like, what do you do for work? And I'm like, I'm a coach. I start with that. I say I'm a coach. And then they're like, what kind of coach? Every time that's the question. And I'm just like, a sex coach. Like I want to just, and then. For sex. For, for doing sex. sex. And it's always a person that I don't want to know that, you know, that asks, but it's just, and then they're like, oh, I get so many different reactions. That's Dude, it's good. So Do you super identify still with being a sex coach? Well, I guess I don't super identify with much, young Lewis. I know. <laughs> Well, in brief, yes, I do. And identifying as anything is just hard. Like in every single one of my coaching containers, sex is a major focal point. In my own life and my own healing journey, sex is always where I see the meat of where I need to work on. It it just mm-hmm. is for whatever reason in this lifetime sex and sexuality is totally my door. It's my door. My book is about sex that I'm writing. and I'm still so passionate about it, but I find it really hard to identify with anything because I feel like the more I learn, whoever said this first, the more I learn, the less I know. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, it couldn't be more true. So going yeah. all the way back to when we started the podcast, I was in such a a space of feeling like I knew so much. Like I couldn't wait to get on here and share what I knew and share all of this stuff, what I was uncovering in my psychedelic experiences with my friend group, blah, blah, blah. And now I just feel, I feel like over the past two years, I've become more of an adult than I ever been. Like I really feel like that has happened. And so with that, I've also gotten humbled. Yeah, I've been humbled. I kind of want to hide a lot. Yeah. You got <laughs> a little bit a little bit humbled. Yeah. I want to hide. I think we can we can thank Shane for that a little bit. Oh yeah. I mean in the past two years, that's what's really a huge difference in our life is that Shane came into our life. I know. And then my husband at the time exited our life. It was so interesting. Yes. Yeah, it's hard for me to even imagine what my life would be like if Shane hadn't have entered it. Because even when we were just friends, which was for the first seven months of our, you know, relationship, It was like meeting him because he was so similar to me, but 10 years older. I didn't know that Shane was a Dzogchen yogi. You know, I didn't know that. He never shared it with me until way later on. And if I didn't have Shane, I feel like my life would have just had so much less meaning and so much more attachment to how cool I could be yeah like I was obsessed with even before I knew what the healing world was like 
I went from not having any language for like my inner child and, you know, all of that stuff, the healing culture words mm-hmm. to all of a sudden, all the archetypes, all of the, you know, Libra stuff, all of the, all of everything, the human design, all of these things started coming into my life. And without Shane saying, excuse me, over here, look, look, there's truth over here. And that stuff is fine, but it's really a huge distraction. And you're getting obsessed with figuring out who you are instead of getting obsessed with being as present as possible. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't have had that, I don't know how my life would have gone. So right, thank it's, God it's for Shane. impossible to tell. Yeah, it's impossible to tell. Thank God for Shane. Shout yeah. out Shane Hanner. Shout out to Shane Hanner. Yeah, a lot has changed since that phase. So we recorded. We started recording our podcast just a month before you two fell in love. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. So you guys were still friends when we recorded our first couple episodes. Yeah. And then I came to Tulum to see you, did my huge bufo journey, and then he came to see you and you guys fell in love, which is wild. Yeah. That is yeah. really wild. Wow. I can't believe that stuff is almost two years ago. Like I feel like just a completely different person. Even my view of that psychedelic experience changed for me. Right. A couple people recently be like, oh, you did Bufo. Like, how is it? I want to do it. And even my perspective on that has changed. I feel like everybody's doing too much of that. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Too much, too many psychedelics without focusing on stuff that matters. Right. I think everybody's just looking for a quick fix. And if I went back, I would probably do it differently now. How, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change anything about my experience. I think it was supposed to happen exactly how it was. But I wouldn't recommend doing it like that for a person who had trauma like me. Okay, yeah. You know, big trauma, you need to do like actual preparation work before a psychedelic and then do integration stuff after. I mean, I was, I'm lucky to have had support from family and friends, but yeah. It's just interesting looking back at that time. And I was married. You were married, sis. Mm -hmm. And like newly married. Yeah, I had been married for about a year. Yeah, maybe like a year and a couple months. Year and a couple months. I was really, really in love when we started recording. Aw. I will say this. This (laughs) This is my lesson in marriage. Right. Give it to us. Well, it's interesting because a lot has been coming up for me around this because I've been doing a little bit of psychedelics again. Yeah. Very controlled psychedelics, I guess. And because now my view of of certain things in my relationship are shifting. Okay, that's interesting. Where I felt where I felt a lot of compassion before for certain things, it's like all of a sudden I'm realizing like oh, that shit just literally wasn't okay ever. Right. And I'm kind of – I have this view of people where I really love to see the best in people. Yeah. Like I will give an excuse for people because I can really see people's heart. And so I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, I really trust people. Mm -hmm. I really trust that what they say is going to be true. And sometimes Mm -hmm. even if their actions don't match, I'm like – but it's okay because I know they mean what they're saying in their heart. Right. But so many things in my marriage weren't okay. hmm Yeah. And I don't want to fully get into it. Maybe we're going to do an episode about that at some point in The yeah. Den Mothers. But I do feel like there was a lack of consistency, effort, and trust the entire time. Mm-hmm that I had not fully understood and now I understand that. And if someone is asking you like, why aren't you trusting me? Why aren't you trusting me over and over? It's because there is a lack of trust 
And somebody shouldn't have to be asking you to have their trust. It should just be something shown by action. Mm. And that action comes through effort. And if your partner is not showing you effort, the relationship is over. Mm. And it's not that it's not that there aren't phases of relationships where it's 80-20 or even 100-zero. Right. Like I know that marriage and long-term relationships take work, but looking back at your full relationship, like are you waiting for the effort that was never there in the first place? Mm. Mhm. And that's kind of been my my takeaway more recently is that I think I was always just waiting for something that was never there. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And I think that there were efforts and things that at the time meant something to me, like sexually for sure, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. physical efforts, but that stuff really doesn't matter. Sexual compatibility really matters. Meeting each other's needs sexually very right. much matters, but effort in the form of only sex doesn't matter. Right. So that's what I've learned and reflected on. Like receiving a good dick down does not make up for zero effort in other ways. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it's just an immaturity thing, I think. And I think that that's that's something that people pointed out to me early on. And I was just, you know, like, I'm so in love. When you're so in love, it's hard to see that. And also people just have different levels of maturity and being mature enough and ready enough for an actual marriage is a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. I was just looking for the bare minimum. That's the problem. Well, I think you were really young and you hadn't like, that's okay to say that. You yeah. were really, I feel like I'm really young if it is any age other than what I am right now. Right. Does that make sense? Like if it was right. last year, I'm like, oh my God, I was really young. Like yeah. you were really young when you went through all of that. And yeah. And so was my partner. Yes. And so you guys had a marriage and you ended up just really going in two completely different directions. You know, and what can you do? It's like, thank God that happened kind of quickly rather than that happening in 10 years when you have kids and you have a breakdown. Right. It's like, it feels really lucky. It's so wild to think about where you were and where we were. I mean, we were partying like that was such a party phase for us. It was the most I had ever partied was when we started to record our podcast. Like I truly was having like love exploding out of my heart, partying, partying, partying. But I want to point out something that you just said that I feel is really important. And that's around this concept of always seeing the best in people. Yeah. It's something that I've been addressing in myself too. I think we probably get it from our mom and our grandma. Yeah. There, like I remember when we were young and somebody would do something mean to us and mom would just be the devil's advocate. Like, right. Not to a, I don't know if it was ever harmful. Like I, it's not that I didn't feel like mom was on my side, I guess, but she would always remind us like, imagine what they're going through at home. You know, you know that their parents are getting divorced and so they're probably going through a rough time. Maybe they're bullying you or, you know, not bullying, but do you know what I mean? Mom would always right, 100%. be reminded. And yeah. so I feel like I have that in me so much where I'm like constantly, even if somebody's hurting me, I almost don't even notice that they're hurting me because I'm thinking about why they're hurting me. That's exactly, yeah. And, like, and you know even, what? It's also, it's opened a huge piece of us that's extremely empathetic and compassionate and that is very hard to teach somebody if that was not instilled in them when they were young so I feel really grateful to have experienced that and also you can't have empathy and compassion to the point of you hurting yourself right and I feel like I always have had that 
Like in all of my relationships, I would be like, oh, I can see why they're doing that. Or, oh, like I would make so many excuses for people because I genuinely just thought that that's how you love, you know? And all of a sudden I would just be completely so far away from myself or what my needs were, but it doesn't just happen in relationships. And I feel like this is, I want to do a whole episode on this topic because it is something that has been coming up for me a lot. Like even just getting stuff done with my van, for example, this guy at the dealership was totally screwing me over, like telling me that parts were not what I knew were in my car, all of this stuff. And so my Shane would be like, we need to get on the phone with that guy and tell him, you know, what's up. And I'm like, well, maybe he was just confused. Maybe he's new. You know, maybe he isn't familiar with the Ford Transit. Like I'm already making excuses for strangers because I want to trust people. Yes. And so there's this weird part of like, okay, I, I don't want to be a cynical bitch, but I also need to be in reality with stuff and hold people to a certain accountability standard. Yes. So yeah. that's exactly right. Anything in there too, you know, like yeah. Not wanting to upset people. For me, know. it's been really heavy heavily related to I I know I said it earlier, but people's words versus their actions. And actions speak louder than words like you hear that over and over and over but for some reason for me I'm just like their words are so sweet though (laughs) you that totally does happen to you it's so funny yeah I'm like they're so sweet and it's like okay fucking snap out of it this guy's an idiot douche yes like I mean I don't care can't say it yeah yeah and I'm honestly that's why transitioning back into dating has been so interesting for me because I feel like that kind of courageous sort of masculine energy side of me is coming out more now that I've sat with myself more because I'm like I'm not dealing with bullshit anymore (laughs) yeah like if you're kind of just shitty I'm like ew right it's just not it's not good. I feel like I was almost only into shitty people ever. Oh, hi. <laughs> no, like, I wasn't. That's not true. No, it wasn't for you. You had a couple shitties in there, but I'm I'm just looking back at stuff <laughs> even over the past 2 years. Like let's talk about just when we were recording. Like when we first started recording, I had convinced myself that I was only into open relationships that I was never going to be able to be with the same person for a long time. And basically that I was going to be in some kind of a dysfunctional situation forever is the re- actually what I thought. Like right. there's no way I, but if you choose that, that's actually true for you. Like people do just choose that. They're like this chaos and this kind of, shitty behavior is what I'm going for because I'm choosing my life partner yeah like we were choosing that stuff before it's not like we're the only ones that do this but you're allowed to choose differently you're allowed to choose somebody that's just really great yeah (laughs) that's an option it's real it is actually really interesting because if you've been in relationships that are really chaotic and shitty Actually, I'll just speak from my own experience. And I don't, I've never really said this out loud before, but there's a part of me that never thought I would have what I have now. And there's part of me that doesn't know if she deserves it still. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of will have these moments where I'm just like, am I going to destroy everything I have one day because I'm supposed to be in a chaotic disaster? There's trauma there from being in such shitty relationships for so much of my life. And that's now work that I get to work through on my own is just like, no, you're really worthy of having the most amazing man. And if you're listening to this and you're in a shitty situation and you're just kind of awakening to it, doing the work and getting to a point where you can be honest, like I'm so proud of you, Cammie, 
it took me years after my last relationship. Like I had already bought a house with Shane when I started to unravel what had happened in my past relationship. Mm -hmm. Remember when I was just like, I all of a sudden, all of this stuff is coming up and oh my God, I was like totally with a person that didn't have emotions, like a sociopath, basically. Holy crap. Yeah. And so the point of me saying all of this is that when you begin to devote your life to your heart and to truth, whatever that means to you, and to your evolution, you realize that true, deep love is really what matters. It's really what drives the world forward. And if you're mm-hmm. making excuses in your life again and again and again for these people who are supposed to be loving you, you never get the true juice and the true beauty of what life is supposed to feel like. Yeah. Because I just want to say there's nothing more special than my relationship with Shane. It's so mm-hmm. beautiful and so sacred and so important for my growth and for my heart and for everything I do in my life. Mm-hmm. And I would have never known that that was even possible if I hadn't have, first of all, left my old relationship. And second of all, dove really deep into what was going on inside of me that was fucked up and creating these relationships that sucked. Yeah. So, yeah. geez. I mean. Like, are you, yeah, are you knowing that you're worthy of all the things you want? Yeah. And also, like, even on a broader scale, who you share your life with dictates your whole life. It matters. Like, it matters who you share your life with. And it doesn't have to mean, it doesn't have to matter the same to Lauren as it matters to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, the things that I really am going to value and cherish are going to vary from what you feel, but you need to at least know what that means to you. Yeah. Because it really matters. It really matters. Where you spend your time and your energy is kind of the only thing that matters. Because it's all you really have. It's kind of your main tangible thing. Even money, you know, everything. It's energy. So when you're pouring yourself into shitty relationships or pouring yourself into friendships that are making you feel crazy, that can be an immediate cutoff. Like we can see that for ourselves and make a different choice, make a different step in another direction. Yeah. And I just want to keep saying again and again how important who you spend your time with is. It's yeah. so important. Your relationships, your friendships, how much you're putting into your familial structure. If your family is just so much, it just matters. Yeah, it really matters. We're in such a different space than we were at the time. Like looking back at the people we spent a lot of time with when we lived in San Diego and like partying like crazy and just essentially destroying our bodies. Like we were having a lot of fun there. Obviously, we when we talk about stuff like this, I also always just want to talk about experience like some of these things are just experience if it weren't for all of these phases we wouldn't be exactly where we are right and I can't even imagine where we're going to be in two years from now right so it all leads you to the moment which is always perfect and also it's obvious in your body when you're needing a change Mm -hmm. when you're hanging around people and you notice that you're always the one motivating your friends or you're always the one who's like God, are we literally going out again? Right. Or you're hanging out with them and you're like, these people are freaking stupid. Or you're not remembering conversations you're having. You're having all these amazing ideas with your friends or your partner. They're getting wasted and telling you how much they love you. But then when they're sober, they're never taking you on dates. They're, you know, never making special actions towards you. They're never caring about your needs. Like, that's what matters and you have to make a change if you want to become present and actually enjoy your life. Gosh. 
So I feel like from two years ago, that's what I've learned because I made the hardest changes that a person can possibly make in their life. I did. You made some pretty tough ones. Leaving, well, not the hardest you can ever make. Like I can think of some that are harder. But leaving a husband, leaving a career, leaving the country. Getting a dog. Getting a dog. He's not a dog. He's my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about a dog? I had a child. Yeah. His name is Rudy. Yeah. I mean, big, big change makes big joy and big, big opportunities for evolution. I'll say that. If you're stuck in a place and you're like, oh, I'll just do this work on my own. And my relationship with my partner is just going to shift too. Because once I work on myself, I'll learn to love myself and love their flaws. No. No. (laughs) No. How does it always come back to leaving your stupid boyfriend? It's so hard. Because it's so important. Yeah. (laughs) It's so hard. It's like I've had to assess over the time that we've been recording because I've always been like, I'm pro breakup. I'm pro, you know, whatever. I think there are some situations where people aren't giving it their best shot, you know? And where I wouldn't recommend breakup, but but pretty rare. <laughs> we're not talking to you. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like if you're in a great relationship and you're going through a rough patch. You know that, and you're right. not. We're not talking about you. We're not saying that relationships are just going to be rainbows and butterflies all the time. It's right. work. It's evolution. It's growth. But if you're hearing us talk about relationships and every time you've heard an episode in the last two years, you're like, hmm, is this me? Yeah. It's you. It's, it's you. you. Yeah. It's you're like hurrying up and writing notes and sending it to your friends and being like, listen to this. We were just talking about this. Like if you're constantly talking to your friends about how shitty your man is and all the things that he's done to you, you have to break up. Or if you're constantly sending them to your boyfriend and like, hey, these are things we could work on. And he's like, yeah, sounds great, but nothing ever comes of it. And then the next week you're sending another one. And then you're just like, wait, actually, I'm still evolving and you're not at all. Just make sure you recognize that. Yeah. Who you share your romantic life with. I can't believe that I ever thought that romantic relationships were like one part of your life. In my opinion, no. In my opinion, your romantic partner, especially if you're going toward marriage or if you are married, who you share your home and your heart and your loneliness with, your sex or energy every single day, every single day, like how is your life not completely affected and it's not like work-life balance. It's not like relationship-life balance. I'll say no. that. No. And yes, you're doing stuff on your own. Like you're doing, you're, you know, people are going to be like, well, your partner isn't everything for you. And it's like, okay, fine. Your partner doesn't have to be everything for you. But most things. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I'll you're going talk. to Little Susie to talk about your reality TV shows that you like because your husband hates those. We're not talking about those little things or your girls' trips and your nights out with your guys cool yes do take time apart that's really important and also choosing your partner is probably your biggest decision (laughs) for your yes and especially can you imagine like people will basically not like the person at all get married and then have kids like now this person and I'm not blaming anybody because we've all we've all we're all young in comparison to what future us is going to look like, you know? Right. I I probably, I mean, holy crap, the decisions that I've made. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying that if you have the opportunity to not do this, that would be <laughs> awesome for you. If you're yeah. in a situation where you're engaged and your relationship is kind of sucking a lot, take your ring off and put it on the table and see how it feels. Because you've got to, 
make, I mean, holy crap. Especially if you're going to have kids, man. You just kind of are digging yourself into some pretty dark waters. Seven billion people, guys. Seven billion. There's going to be another one that treats you better. Man, if Shane ever broke up with me, I know there wouldn't be one who was better. No, you've got to hang on for life. <laughs> like, I am literally clinging on to Shane's pubes. Like, uh, like I swear, if he ever broke up with me or if I ever did yeah. something, destroy that. I need to say this. If you have that one, you better effing love them like you're going to lose them like yes. I know that that's a song by Megan Trainer. it's really gets me every single time but <laughs> I hate to say it can you believe somebody lost me <laughs> <laughs> literally no okay not just because you're my sister Shane and I talk about this we're like can you imagine if this dude ever wakes up one day and realizes what just happened I mean, he like, couldn't handle it. No. And we're not just saying this to gas you up or whatever it's called. You are really just one of a kind, Camille. Thank you. I know. So it's like, please, if if something ever happens between Shane and me, just come over to my house because I will not be okay. Come find yeah. me. This is an invitation. It will not be okay. Yeah. It's not going to be good. <laughs> and I used to think that I would always be okay, you know? You'll be okay. No, you won't be no, okay. I would not be okay. No. You will I will not be okay. You have no idea who you are. <laughs> I will never take another lover. <laughs> okay, you guys. Let's get this wrapped up. This is a recap of episode 50, but honestly, if you listen to our first couple episodes, yeah. and the ways that we felt about sex, about marriage about love I mean we really have evolved and I'm really happy that we have can you imagine if we listened to two years ago and we're like yep still the same (laughs) totally fine we're just totally good (laughs) no I I feel like in every episode just keeps wrapping back it's it's been really wrapping a lot to continuing to be present, continuing to getting to know yourself, choosing your partner correctly. (laughs) But honestly, those things just feel more important than anything we've ever talked about before. (laughs) Yeah. It's because it's, I mean, come on. What else is there to say? How many times we have to say it in a million different ways because that's all there is to say. A lot of stuff that people say is really not worth saying. It's really stupid. <laughs> and it's really a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, man. When I stopped consuming social media content and then I went back and I like I can barely even open TikTok. I'm like, I'm so sorry. People are s- morons. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, my goal is to never be one of those people. And I'm sure that I have been. The first couple of our episodes might be moron episodes, but I assure you, Mm -hmm. I was trying my best. So I have compassion for the morons who are making a TikTok of their pregnant belly every single day and not actually spending time with the fetus. You know, I have compassion. I have compassion, but check yourselves because, man, social media. I mean, should we get back to social media? I could just hate on it forever. I don't want to hate on social media again. Anyway, check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's episode 50. And if you wreck yourself, you still have time to check yourself. Yeah. That's okay. (laughs) It's never too late to check yourself. You know what? I used to teach at a prison and those people were checking themselves every day and they were in the slammer. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week, Wolfpack. We love you. (laughs) We love you. Thank you for being here with us. Hang on. Before we go. I want to say sincerely to our wolf pack, I am so grateful, Camille and I are so grateful to have had you here with us for as many episodes as you've listened. Mm-hmm. Every single week we come on and we try to make our episodes better than the last week. And we are just so grateful to have one listener, you know, even if it was just our mom listening would be grateful. But so many of you listen. We have 35,000 downloads now. And that feels like yeah. a like a 
total ass load. I mean, that's great. Yeah, it feels like an ass load. I love that. So, yeah, and if you're religiously listening to us, show us a little love, support, and appreciation by rating us. You can now rate us on Spotify. You can rate us on Apple. Leave us a review. Share us on your Instagram. That stuff really means a lot to us. On our website, thedenmothers.com, you can see all of our stuff, including the YouTube, our Patreon. You can buy us a coffee, send us a voicemail. But even more importantly than that is getting the word out about the Den Mothers. So share, comment, rate us. We love you guys. And we want to keep doing this for a long time. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting so much more comfortable with commitment. I don't know if you've been able to tell. So (laughs) thank you. We love you. And it really means the most that we even have a community at all. We love you. We love you. Ow, ow, ow.